The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation and production. Visit our website, cspn.us, for more episodes of Classic Team Up. I did put a theme on this uh, game show. This is called Name That Flick. Flick is a movie or porn? movie? Yes, a movie. Right, like, movie. questions that need answers. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> name, name that flick, other flick you might be thinking of is another show for another time. Um, and I'll probably, yeah. <laughs> that's classic after dark, which is uh, I think that starts about twelve oh one. Anyway, but name podcast flip. coming soon. Yes, new podcast. <laughs> new episode special, un- unedited, uncut. Yeah, classic uncut. That's what I should call it. Yeah. They, see, now you uh, got to put like the the Barry White grunt under that as soon as you see. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, so, no, no, not yours. His. Okay, not okay. So right, I'm not I'm not Zaddy yet, obviously. So I can't do the Jesus Barry White grunt. Christ, classic. <laughs> <laughs> We ground our week nitty ball, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Classic Team Up on the CSPN. I'm your host with the most. You know me. And in case you don't, my name's there in the show title. You can call me Classic. And I am here with my brand new co-host. She's actually back after being here uh, two episodes ago. Uh, she is. She could stay away, and I couldn't keep her away. Uh, but Amber, welcome back to the Team Up. Officially, you are the co-host of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like uh, you know, horns and shit. You know, so yeah, uh, I'm I'm so happy to have you on. Uh, any anything we can expect from having you as a co-host uh, that you know? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. No, what I- no, no, no. Um, on the real, thank you. Very excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm so glad to be with you guys on CSBN. Yes. This is not about to end up. Well, for anybody involved, I, I just want to let you know this is <laughs> this is quite possibly the worst decision you could have ever made in your life. Wow, this I is probably... say, this is like honestly, this is like the worst like job interview I ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm so glad to be here. Your company's gonna fail. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> Whoa, right, you, just got the, you just got the, the prices right music behind us. Like, yeah, you yeah. might yeah. want to go do something else. Yeah, y'all are no. fucked up by hiring me, but right. I can't wait. I right. can't wait to set this place ablaze. Like, whoa, right. wait a minute. Hey, right, Mr. <laughs> Wizard, you done fucked up now. No, um, <laughs> thank you for having me. This is going to be great. I'm excited to, you know, be on CSPN with you and with everybody on this wonderful network. I'm excited for our future guests. I'm excited for our current guests. Let's just go ahead and jump into that. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so, uh, of course, uh, we would not be here on Classic Team Up without a guest, and our guest this week, of course, all of our guests are special, but extra special um, is our guest this week, uh, Miss Quinn G. She's a psychotherapist, and she's also the uh, owner of Magnolia, Magnolia Health Services, as I try to say that right. Uh, welcome, Quinn. Magnolia Mental Health. Magnolia Mental Health. Thank you for correcting Mag- The Magnolia from the Magnolia State. Magnolia. Magnolia. <laughs> you know, and I got a magnolia tree outside my house, and I should know this. <laughs> you fucking love the church's money. Yes. Uh, welcome to the show, Quinn. Uh, hi. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me. 
Absolutely. Thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, we're going to get into uh, you know some of what you do and uh, some of uh, some of the things that uh, about you. We're just going to like get to know you a little bit. Uh, before we do that, just want to give a quick uh, housekeeping item. Of course, you're listening to the class team up on CSPN.us. Uh, you you might also be listening on iTunes, Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, on TuneIn Radio, or on Google Play. And continue to listen. You can subscribe on any one of those platforms and tell us what you think of the show. Just uh, leave us a review on any of those places or on cspn.us and use the hashtag on twitter classic team up spelled just like the show title and uh we would be happy to keep the conversation going with you uh so that being said uh quinn uh how long Mm -hmm. have you been in psychotherapy um about four years um i've been in private practice for almost two years okay okay and uh so you you have your master's and uh so how did you end up making that decision that you were going to well, study psychology, you know, in undergrad and, you know, and pursue it to this extent? Um, so when I was undergrad, I actually did counseling at like the university center. Okay. Um, when I was like, when my marriage started to fall apart. Um, so I no, that's a good thing. Yay. And yeah. so <laughs> uh, that's why I'm gay now. No, I'm kidding. But um, I started going to the University Counseling Center, and I kind of, like, at that point, I wanted to be a psychologist. Um, and it was, like, the, it was very few sessions. It was only a couple. But those sessions kind of shifted me, and it was partially because I had a really good counselor. And um, I just, uh, one day, my mentor, who's a, a world-renowned psychologist, uh, she's actually uh, Jane Goodall's mentee. And um, she sat me down and she was like, what do you want to do? And I initially wanted to be an international psychologist and work with um, sex trafficking victims. And then she was like, so I know what kind of life you live and you're not going to make enough money doing it. So you might want to switch to something else. So I was like, oh, okay, counseling it is. And so uh, I started doing counseling. I, I, I ain't going to lie. I wasn't sure I wanted to do it until I started my practicum, which is um, our equivalent of residency. So um, I did that for a year where you actually in the field counseling people. And it was then that I was like, oh, my God, I get to know people's business and get paid to do it. This shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. I mean, just did look back. I'm working on my doctorate. Um, uh, coming. It's, it's coming. It's like a detox album, but it's coming. You it's know coming. What I'm yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> I just I just endured uh, my wife going through five years of pursuing hers. And she just uh, defended her dissertation last week. Uh, and you know, oh we had a big celebration last episode about it. Uh, but yeah, I know, you know, uh, that I know there's the long road and I'm glad you're near the end of it. I wish you all the best, of course, getting there. Uh, and I Absolutely. You know, full, full confidence, fingers crossed and everything else, knock on wood. Um, I hope, um, well, here's what I wanted to ask though, is, and you touched on it as far as like getting into counseling, uh, you specifically deal with psychotherapy. Uh, is, is that like the, did you find that that was the best method as far as uh, reaching uh, patients? Um, yeah, I knew I didn't want to do psychiatry because I didn't want to go to med school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to do psychology because, you know, the reason I just mentioned, and because stats kicked my ass. So <laughs> I knew I didn't want to do that. Yes. Um, I want to do real world application. And so I did counseling. And psychotherapy is, is, is therapy. It's just essentially um, we dig a, a lot deeper and we usually have specific modalities that we use. So like the way I approach a client. So I might use CBT for this client. I might use DBT for that client. Um, it just depends on what they're going through, you know? 
So, yeah. And psychotherapists just sound a lot sexier than counselors. So it's just like, yeah, she a counselor. Yeah, and counselor, often, you sound like a lawyer, you know, so it's right. kind of like. <laughs> and, and quite often, people confuse counselor with social worker. And yeah. I don't like that because what I do is distinctly different from social work. Now, and, do people on the other end confuse psychotherapy with psychiatry or psychology uh, yes, as far as what you do? <laughs> yes, because people confuse psychology and psychiatry all the time. And I'm such a snob about it, and I recognize, like, that's my own arrogance. You know, that's the elitism uh, showing, but I don't mean to be a snob. It's just that when you argue with somebody about their credentials, know their credentials. And, um, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists, they, they catch a lot of mess with each other, too, just like therapists and social workers. Like, we kind of, like, that's our antagonistic relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of different paths to, uh, you know, kind of a similar end point, which is, you know, bringing wellness to the patient in some fashion, right. you know, uh, as far as dealing with mental health. Um, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't really equate it to dentistry, but I'm sure there's, you know, there's different kind of dentists. But, you know, it's kind of like I don't I don't think they like pass each other in the halls go, well, you know, the, the, I, uh, I do cavities and I just do orthodontry or whatever. It's like whatever. They, 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 dentists trash, trash talk ain't the same. So um, <laughs> now you did recently move your practice over to the D.C. area. Uh, you were originally in um, now was it in Tennessee or in, in Mississippi? It was in Tennessee, in Memphis. Okay. So I guess what made you move? Um, gay, just gay stuff, uh, mostly homosexuality. Um, my partner, she lives here. She's from here in D.C. Okay. Um, and, you know, we had reached that point. Um, and the, it, it, it wasn't likely for her to move to Memphis. It was easier for me to move up here. Um, I had a great job offer up here um, that later didn't work out, which sucked. But, um, yeah, I got a job offer up here. And I knew people up here, you know, people I've met from Twitter and things like that. And it just is unique because um, there's three different areas that I could work in versus in Memphis. You kind of like isolate the nearest biggest town is quite a way, you know. So um, I was kind of sick of Memphis, too. I felt like I had just kind of hit a red there. Yeah. And I, I mean, and I know some some folks out there uh, on that side up in, up in Memphis, uh you know, it's it, it, it. I think it qualifies as a red state. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Everybody's down there red state. Yeah, pretty much the half the country. You know, more than half the country is damn red state, but uh, red state. So, so you're dealing with like kind of that uphill battle of you know people and you know kind of just their you know the way they look at things. Uh, you know, whether it's a uh, you know uh, with with uh, what are considered minorities, uh, non non white males. You know, they pretty much just. Uh, you know, that, that treatment is still there. So, uh, you know, D.C. is probably a more open area for you to basically, you know, be able to, like, live comfortably and uh, be who, you know, be who you are and, and enjoy, you know, just more opportunities. I'm not sure about that because I still feel out of place here. Yeah. And it's a, it's a different kind of out of place. Like, I mostly work in Montgomery County. Uh-huh. And so um, that is where the whites be. That's true. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, and then I also work in Virginia, and my practice is in D.C., so I got three jobs. Um, wow. Um, yeah. In Virginia, it's kind of cool. It's kind of low-key until I get to a certain spot, and it's mostly Latino people, and I'm still a minority in that situation. In D.C., um, you know, it's a lot of black folks here, but I always feel like I'm out of place because I feel country as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, you know, kind of like a, God damn it, what was that show? 
uh, a while ago where they, you know, they pack all their stuff, Beverly Hillbillies. Like, that's kind of how I feel. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really I can't really say much because, you know, I'm I'm a little country my damn self. So, you know, all my country folk, you know, we got to stick together. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that's all I want to say about that. But I actually... <laughs> Like I'm just sitting there, like this accent is life. But outside of outside <laughs> of that, um, do you have a specific demographic you uh, target your practice towards? Um, yeah, I I work with mostly young adults, so 18 to 40. That's my target audience. Um, I do have some people coming to me over 40, but it's rare. Uh, minorities in some kind of way, so gender, racial, uh, sexual minority. So um, I do pro bono work with trans and Muslim persons. That's um, awesome. And I do my sliding scale reduce rates for, you know, pretty much anybody who applies or asks for it. Um, at one point, I, um, outside of trans and Muslim persons, I've also done, you know, if your story is compelling enough, sometimes I do free therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, try to get away from that a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah. Time is money sometimes, you know. And I mean, <laughs> it's like you want to help everyone you can, but, at you know, at some point you got to go, well, I got to eat. So I understand that completely. But, you know, I like the fact that you do offer or you offer that to people in need because, it, you know, it, it shows that you have that compassion and, you know, you're not just, you know, out there saying, well, you know, you're on your own if you, if you can't afford it. Right. That makes me feel terrible because, like, we, we take oaths as well. And, you know, in our code of ethics, you know, it means a lot to me to be able to help somebody go through something. And some, often I do it at my own expense, whether it's my own emotional or mental health or financial. And that's something that while um, I'm pretty good at the therapy part, the business part is not as easy as I thought it would be in mental health because I ran a business for four years in mm-hmm. insurance. And insurance is very black and white. Yeah. You cover the yeah, <laughs> you'll be a paid other day. And to go from that, that kind of structure, that white collar world, um, and to go to a, a business that quite often don't make a lot of profit. You know, I'm, I put in way more than I ever get out of my business. So it's just an interesting thing for me to kind of look at like, okay, I used to be a very shrewd businesswoman, and now I cannot seem to keep those boundaries because I'm so passionate about therapy. So just kind of a weird place for me to be in. And I'm trying to, I have good people around me who know when to pull me back. So that helps. That's good. And, um, well, th- that kind of cut, cuts into something else. And I saw you tweet this, uh, I think, just this today or earlier today. Of course, I follow everybody on Twitter. Uh, you mentioned something about what happens when a therapist needs a therapist. And, you know, I know, you know, that it's, it kind of goes into, like, what people have been talking about lately with self-care and, uh, and, and checking on people and you know, especially checking on someone that's that you think is strong. I mean, you know, how how useful have other people been in you know supporting what you do and uh, and you know sort of helping you you know kind of do what you do on a daily basis um i mean they've been instrumental like in in place of a therapist i was fortunate enough to have a good partner and good friends mm-hmm. and while i would love to have a therapist it's difficult for me to find one of the therapists i like um and somebody that would be challenged by me <laughs> as a client <laughs> um and so, like, for me, like, I have amazing friends. I'm not close with my family. That's, I don't understand uh, familiar, deep familial ties because I've never grown up with that. My son is essentially the closest family I have and will ever have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm learning that through 
observing my partner, like her and her family, because they're close. They talk to each other on the phone. And I ain't never seen that like that, really. Um, so, I, like, my friends have been amazing. Like, they, everybody supports my career. Everybody always wants some advice, too. <laughs> or they want me to not be their therapist, you know. But occasionally, they'll be like, let me ask you a question, you know. Yeah. But, um, they... So last year, late last year, I got to a deep, dark place and I was contemplating suicide, like so much so that I was, um, I didn't self-harm, but I was, I had a plan, like we, we qualified, like you have suicidal ideations with plan and intent and I had all three. And so I would have met the criteria to go inpatient in the hospital, but you can't do that when you're the face of your business in a small area Hmm. and all the mental health clinics that you could check yourself into that are local, you work at them or your colleague works at them or, you know, like it it wasn't a safe place where I felt like I could be safe and recover. So my best friend who lives in the town right under Memphis in Mississippi, she um, took me in on a 72 hour hold at her house. Hmm. So um, they made me, I took meds for the first time. Um, They made me take meds. Um, we sat up and talked. I was able to cry. They didn't let me be alone for an elongated period of time. And because I was thinking about suicide by driving, I couldn't drive anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just really good to be around them. And also, my best friends are 50-plus-year-old white Republican women. <laughs> so, you know, it was really nice to have that support. So my friends have literally saved my life. And, you know, I would love to have a therapist that I could lay that shit on, but for reasons I've already explained, like, mm, that's difficult. But yeah. my friends, my family, I-, I can't tell you what they have done for me. Do you think that a strong support system, you know, is in, is important in your life and to other people's lives as well? Does that play into, you know, your physical, your mental health? Like, how, how do you feel that a good support system will help a person in their lives? Oh, I think that it's just paramount because if you – if you're battling mental illness, like it's essential that you don't do it alone. And even if you're not battling mental illness, like everybody goes through some sort of trauma at some point, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's small or big. And so it's important for you to have um, people around you who can be there for you and support you and love you through it. Cause again, everybody can't afford a therapist or find a therapist or anything like that. So, and everybody doesn't have family like me, you know, I don't have any family really. And it's essential for people to find someone that they can communicate with, they can love them and support them. Yeah. And, and, and I think trust is a big issue for a lot of people too, because, you know, you talk about family and friends and mm-hmm. I know even personally, I've had friends I've confided in more so than family because I don't know about y'all, but I've had family throw shit back in my face. You know, like they, they'll hear, they'll hear what you got to say or they hear you out. And then they go, well, you know, two, two weeks later, well, you wasn't saying that shit when you were blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, really? That's I told you that in confidence, or I tried to like you know I I laid myself bare for you, and this is how you you do me. Um, so I think trust is also a big issue. Um, you know, with uh, on both ends. Um, you know that how do you you know sort of uh, how do you develop that trust with your patients? Like you know, kind of right out the gate, is that something that comes quickly or over time? Do like do a lot of patients trust you like because they're paying you, or is it like more like? <laughs> you know, just out of need, like, oh, my gosh, you know. Or have you had to struggle with trust? 
Um, I've had to, to struggle with that with some clients. Some clients that come in like right off the bat, they want to trust you. They're like, oh, yep, I know it. I'm good. You know, I got a good vibe. I like your picture. Like, you know, whatever it is that attracted them to me as a therapist. And then you have clients that you have to work for, and that is the job of the therapist. The burden is on us to lay the foundation for the client-therapist relationship. And I don't like it when clients come in blind, like, it's cool, do whatever. I like to work yeah. because it's important for me to show you that I am here to help you. I have your best interest at heart, and I'm not above reproach. Uh, part of my spiel in my first session with all my clients is um, if I ever say anything, do anything, or write anything that offends you, please let me know. And if it's if confronting me verbally is too much, you can write it to me, you can email it to me. And I will always make sure that I correct that and apologize to you because I like my clients to be active in their care. Mm-hmm. And if they don't trust me, then we ain't gonna y'all you just sitting here, I'm sitting here, I didn't paint this needle for no reason. I didn't put on like eyebrows today for no reason. Like I could have been home. So ain't no more. <laughs> Like he got me out here with eyebrows, like a bra. Who really right. wants to put on a bra? Like seriously, why? For what? Nobody, because I'm a heavy chested girl. I don't want to put no bra. Facts. So you know, like this one bra was sixty dollars. I'm I don't have time. Oh, that's so sweet. That sounds like a sale for me. But, oh no, <laughs> yeah, stress. So you know, I I just think that it's important for me to just like make sure that my clients trust me. Like whatever it, it needs to be done within reason to establish that. And sometimes it takes some time. You know, um, I usually get the most pushback from mental health professionals who come to see me. <laughs> that oh, is wow. really hard. <laughs> I can imagine. I, I, have any of them, like, done this? the whole, well, that's not how you should be doing, you know, like that That whole, uh, you know, do, do they go textbook on you as far yes. as, like, the... <laughs> uh, yes, oh it's so annoying because my, and, and how I am, like, me, Quinn, the person, is basically queen of therapist, except I say some counseling words or some shit. But I have the same personality. So, you know, and I meet the client when they are. If I have very soft clients, I'm very, I, I soften up a little bit. But usually all the other therapists who come to me for therapy, they're very direct. Like, look, I know we supposed to be doing. And I'm like, eh, do you? Or you wouldn't be here. So, <laughs> and, and I just kind of, challenge them right back because they will grind into like your brain <laughs> and you know how hard it is to be in a power struggle two therapists in a power struggle oh my gosh overwhelming and so i just i let them win i'd be like well okay well you won so since you you here to counsel me let's do it you got because it. you're not here for me to help you yeah cool. it's your it's your money um speaking of money and patience um I mean, I I can't help but bring up, you know, what these, uh, you know, these yutzes in uh in D.C. have done today, uh, with uh their vote to basically they're starting to repeal uh, America Affordable Care Act, and I know that's going to be a, a great impact uh to to you Quinn as far as patients being able to come and you know and and have and pay for services, um and, and of course to a lot of us that might not you know. Basically, it's it's a threat to all of us, you know, in some way, shape, or form. Um, how closely have you been following, like, a lot of what's been going on as far as, like, on Capitol Hill? And, you know, I, I know it's just politics and drama, but. Well, I follow as closely as I can and I should because I get so overwhelmed emotionally by it mm-hmm. that I can't. Like, I have to be very filtered about the kind of stuff I watch and see because, 
if I'm in a vulnerable state and I walk into a session, you know, like what's, what's going to happen to all that raw energy? Yeah. Um, I, I can't be in a place to be there for my client. So I don't watch the news and the evening and like that. I usually watch like a weekly recap show somewhere yeah. and kind of hear it there or I'll see it on Twitter and I, I'll measure with how activated I am today yeah. to see if I want to engage. But a lot of my clients are affected by Trump policies. So mm-hmm. they come tell me anyway. I have a lot of yeah. immigrant clients. So mm-hmm. I know about what's going on through their mental health, you know? Yeah. Um, but as far as it affecting me, like I don't take insurance. I'm self-pay. So that's why I do a lot of scholarships and stuff like that for clients who or sliding scales who can't necessarily afford it because I don't accept insurance because for a number of reasons. <laughs> um, I, I, so taking insurance as a therapist is a gamble because quite often insurance will find ways to not pay you. Yeah. And it's often mm. a very delayed payment. So you could wait three to six months for $50. And yeah. then on top of that, they limit the number of sessions that a client can have, mm-hmm. which sucks. And you have to mandatory diagnose. I don't believe in that. So in order to kind of have a little bit more freedom and flexibility, I do what I want. So I don't do insurance. <laughs> yeah, I know that life about the, you know, that depending on insurance or particularly if your employer is providing services or they have like a suite of services. And uh, I mean, the control is just out of control. Uh, and I, I could share this. I had an episode while I was working at a firm years ago and uh, actually called our you know, hotline and they, they were like, we're going to set you up with two therapy sessions. Uh, and I went to them and it was like, OK, what now? They were like, well, you got your two th- sessions. What else do you want? You know, it's kind of like I, I didn't feel like anything was solved. And I had to, like, pay out of pocket for every, you know, whatever treatment I needed after that. And it was just kind of like, well, you know, what am I working and getting and paying all this money to these insurance companies for? You know, and, you know, so I can see why detaching yourself is a benefit. But even for people that don't have that means, it allows them, you know, access that they otherwise wouldn't have. So I like the fact that the. I like the fact that you, again, you know, kind of have flexible options. I think that's good for everybody, uh, you know, especially in these tough times, because there's going to be more and more people that are going to be seeking some kind of help, uh, you know, at that, with uh, everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, some of my clients do use insurance reimbursement. So yeah, they pay me good. and then their insurance company reimburses them. That's good. That's good, too. That's good too. Uh, it's a rough. It's a it's a rough system. Every every day, I'm you know I don't know about y'all, but uh, every day Canada looks more and more uh, you know kind of uh, attractive. But my wife won't. She, she's not going to go with the weather. She's like it, it gets too damn cold up there. I like my summers, so uh, you have fun up there and just write send me a postcard. I don't know. Uh, I've never done a long distance marriage, and I don't think I want to start now. So I think I'll have to I'll stick it out. You know. I'll just have to pretend I'm Canadian or something. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So, Quinn, um, I guess uh, you know what you mentioned, and I gotta bring this up too. You mentioned your son. You got a nickname mm-hmm. for him. You, you call him, you call him <laughs> on the timeline. Well, first I thought you had an actual possum in the house. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, this Quinn, she's mad cool with stuff. You know, I'm I'm gonna follow her and see what's going on. And then he's like, yeah, and I talked to Possum, and he said this. And I was like, is Possum, does she talk to a pet Possum? And I was like, oh, that's somebody, that's a nickname, right? Good. <laughs> I don't know. For those that have listened to any of the previous 50 
five episodes of Classic Team Up, I am definitely afraid of possums. Like that's one of the, I I will stand up to spiders, rats, uh, you you name it. But a possum is basically I'm from Brooklyn and we grew up with rats, like real rats, subway rats. Possums look like mutated rats to me. <laughs> so I moved to Virginia and I saw a possum for the first time in the middle of the night riding my bike home and I was like, what the fuck is that? And it's freaked out. Wait, and I thought that, you were saying that the possum rode the bike. <laughs> no, I, the possum was riding the bike. That, that would have been worse. I would, that would have been, I was about to say, if he would have jumped on that bike, that damn sure would have been his yeah. bike. Yeah, and I was riding my bike home one night from uh, the drugstore. I worked at, like, People's Drug, and uh, I used to ride my bike home because uh, I was, like, 16, and I didn't have a license because of New Yorker. You know, I, I couldn't even I, – I didn't take no road test or nothing. I was just fresh out fresh out of Brooklyn, and I'm riding a bike in the middle of the night, like, just grumbling like uh, this country-ass uh, Virginia. These trees everywhere. Ain't no subway. This sucks. And then <laughs> I think I, I hit a mailbox, and I was, like, laid out, and I looked up. And crawling in the bushes, I saw the bushes rustle, and then I saw it pop out with his pink ass, like hands and shit, and pink nose and pink face, and like a, <laughs> and it, it looked like a big ass. I've seen every big ass subway rat. They, you know, the uh, the white folk in New York now talk about pizza rat, and oh, that's so cute, the rat with the pizza. I'm like, that's just Thursday. I wish I would stop gentrifying my hometown and pretty much telling people that that shit is cute. That shit is not sweet. But I saw this and I was like, oh, this looked like a rat that was dipped in mutagen, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja, you know, oh rat God. or something. And I was just freaked out. I was 16. I didn't know. It, but ever since then, I've been deathly afraid of possums. So how is it you can name me some possum? And uh, I hope to meet him one day. But uh, I hope that if, you know, that if you introduce me to him, that you don't refer to him as possum because I'll run away. <laughs> well, OK, so it's a real mess of stories. So. I used to call him possum because he got he he had big ass eyes when he was born. Can I cuss on here? Is this a place where you, you can? Cuss? Yes, fuck shit okay. ass. Yes, we we can cuss. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he had real real big eyes. So I was like, wow, he's so creepy. You look like a possum. So I've been calling him it. So a couple of years ago, and I've been telling this story at dinner parties everywhere. A couple of years ago. My best friend, while we, I'm in the middle of telling the story of, yeah, his name's Possum because he has huge eyes. She don't tell me, you know Possum's got little eyes, right? <laughs> and I'm like, wait. What? <laughs> they do. They're little eyes and they pierce through your soul. <laughs> I was like, skirt on 22s, bitch, what? Like, yeah. you've been letting me tell this story for eight years and you never told me nothing. So then I had to switch the story. I was like, okay, I caught from Possum because he played Possum when he was a baby. And for y'all non-country folks, that mean that he pretended to be sick. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. That's hey, nice. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and I like when possums play possum because they're not moving, and I can like you know just go about my business and not have <laughs> jumping on me and you know oh gosh I can't think about them anymore. So let me associate possum with your wonderful son and not with these nasty roads out there. And I think I'll be straight. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, you, think, you think about a rat dipped in chemical X or something? I know, with nunchucks in his hand, like doing kung fu and shit. Like, oh, welcome to Virginia, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm going back home. That's why I went back to Brooklyn. And I was like, you know what? Nah. But I, somehow I came back to Virginia. I think uh, my, my wife convinced me that uh, the possums aren't out here anymore and that the raccoons ate them all up or something. Uh, there's like a big wildlife like gang war going on outside in it Virginia. Really is. Yeah, you know, so everything deer skunk i walk my dog at night now and like she'll just like start barking at nothing and i'm like what is it honey and then i see like a little raccoon just like scurry by and i'm like you know what let's go back inside (laughs) 
That's 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 that's, that's the life. I should I should just let the dog off the leash and go let him go fight someone. But usually it's a skunk or something. And I smell that and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. That shit is hard to wash off. I'm about to say if you come down here, you would definitely, especially if you go like in the in the country in the country yeah, parts yeah. that's near me, you gonna definitely see them. Either they gonna be on somebody's dinner plate or with a leash. You yeah, you deep deeper in Virginia, so you 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 know what's up down there. Uh, I mean, we see deer every now and then, <laughs> but usually it's like uh, we see a lot of roadkill though. You know, because we so we got so much traffic and cars up here, so it's it's, it's wild. The Classic Team of Podcast is sponsored in part by Busted Teeth. You're home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. To help us keep our podcast free, visit our website, cspn.us, and then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Busted Tees banner, and then shop, shop, shop for awesome, cool, funny t-shirts. Busted Tees puts many of their popular t-shirts on sale each week, and so you can get a great deal on some great pop culture shirts based on TV shows, movies, comic books, you name it. Busted Tees has it, and you can check them out through us. So once again, go to CSPN.us, click on the Keep Our Podcast free link, and then shop at Busted Tees. Busted Tees through CSPN.us. Do it today. What's up, y'all? This is Macedonia of Radio B-Sots, both sides of the surface, and you are listening to Classic Team-Up on the CSPN, the Cold Slither Podcast Network. So, Quinn, what, when you're not, you know, um, when you're not being professional, well, you are, you almost always are professional, but, you know, when you're not... That's a lie. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what do you get down with in your spare time? Like, what, what, what are some things that, like, you know, make, you, make, make Quinn happy, so to speak? Um, I do a lot of homosexuality. Uh, that makes me happy. Yes. Now, uh, now, now, I mean, like when you say homosexuality, like I don't want specifics, but I guess I do. Like, <laughs> like just sex, or is it like you know? Do you do you like? Are you act an activist? Do you go out there and like um, you know? Well, so work? I haven't done anything um around activism since I've been here. Uh, okay. I've been mostly dealing with my personal stuff. But at home, like, yeah, I was in Glisten. I was in everything. I was doing everything. Um, but here, just mostly being gay uh, means, like, doing stuff with my girl. Because we're best friends, too. So we do shit together every day. Okay. And, um, yeah, so just, you know. Uh, just kick it and, you know, just do things together. You know, with, uh, what, yeah. people do, what couples do. Yeah, watch HGTV, uh, cook, okay. eat, mm. um, play Super Mario. <laughs> What's our favorite Brian Day on activities playing Super Mario? See, I was never a big video game person. Like that, that gene, and I told you about this uh, classic, that gene skipped me. It went to my brother and it went to my cousin. So, you know, I'll pick up the six. I'm just, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing right now. Well, it could be uh, the type of genre of game that you play too, because, you know, if it's. Nah, like, if, yeah. But like, you might like. <laughs> You know, like uh, you know, the, the the those role playing games are like the Final Fantasy or something like that. Uh, I told because, you my story about Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, yeah, and fuck Sephiroth every day, all day. Fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> but like, like you know, for me, speaking of which, yeah. and I don't mean to cut you off. No, my uh, my older brother, the one that I was telling you about, um, he and my nephew just came back into town, and I found a Nintendo Switch sitting on my bed when I came mm-hmm. in, and so I'm looking at it, and I'm like. Okay, somebody must have put this here. Let me go put it in another room. So I asked my mother, it's like, 
uh, somebody put this here? It's like, yeah, Derek put it there. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, I have one. My older brother has one. And now, you know, my nephew has one. So he's sitting there playing all sorts of little games or whatever. And I I haven't put any games on there just yet. So obviously I'm going to have to learn to play, you know, to play in case my brother and my nephew wants to, you know, play with me in the game or something like that. So I'm going to have to pick up the sticks and learn real quick. Yeah, you should. I, I, from what I hear, it's lots of fun. A lot of people that I know on the timeline is like playing it and streaming. Uh, Sharif Jackson, uh, one of the co-hosts of the uh, Spawn on Me podcast, he was about to get on to do some um, Splatoon. I think that's what it's called. Uh, this is my age just coming through because I'm like, what are you kids playing now, Splatoon? Uh, basically, he's like live streaming that. Um, yeah, so, play, you know, more fun than playing video games and, you know, Amber, you've done you've done this is watching people play, and it's like that's like this whole underground thing on YouTube, like you could, or or um, streaming like Twitch. You could just watch people play, and it's like, okay, I don't got to put my hands on nothing. I got to you know get no skills. I could just watch them do it. I spent hours right. watching videos, videos of just people playing games, like on the Xbox, watching videos of people play Xbox, which is like so. Uh, it's kind of meta, you know what do you want to call it? But I'm just like, isn't that like Inception or some shit? Inception, yeah, video game Inception. <laughs> You know, but, uh, I don't want I don't want the stress of playing the game and like getting violent or getting aggressive, and then some like you know sixteen year old kid in middle America calling me the call me a nigga, you know because you know he could over the internet or over that that, that was like the, that's always the worst part of gaming online is you always you know you, you open up your chat or something and you hear other people talking interacting and it's like hey cool what's up and then someone comes in and says something that's like idiotic inappropriate and you're just like. All right, I'm gonna mute everybody because uh, this was not worth it. Yeah, right. I don't need this. I, I, I was just gonna say I never play live um, or online. Yeah. I play Xbox, um, so I, I never do. Like I used to play like Call of Duty yes. online, and then with me being a woman and mm. um, you know uh, obviously black, apparently, like uh, it just it got way too ridiculous in them chat rooms. I mean, that's, in the in the rooms. That's what I go yeah, that's like the same thing. Like, uh, I, and I do play online a lot still, but it's like I just I don't turn on, I don't put on my headset. I don't, uh, or if I if if I do put on my headset, it's, it's from somebody I play with a long often. It's like a private party, like private chat, like me and that person. Mm-hmm. And but it's it's rare, you know, that I get on and start having like crazy conversation uh, because. Yeah, it's mostly kids or mostly people that are just like you know they want to. They, they want to goof off and be kids, you know, and I'm not saying it's like, okay, that's acceptable, but, you know, that I, I'm not, I don't got time for goofy shit when I play games, you know, I'm too, <laughs> I, I just, just want to like shoot, the, shoot some things and, you know, or, or, or put some stuff there, swing the lightsaber and then, you know, kind of log off. But yeah, I, 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 I had more fun. You know what I play? That's really fun. The Lego games. For some reason, I'm, I'm 41 year ass years old and I'm playing Lego games, but I like ever since I got the Xbox, those are the most fun games I play because it's like you're just building shit, and knocking shit down, and building shit again, and knocking shit down. It's like I'm playing Lego Avengers right now, and it's like it's just too much damn fun. It's better than if I was playing like actual Avengers. Start playing video games now. Oh yeah, go ahead, Quinn. I play Left 4 Dead. I like shooting. I like first person shooter games. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> um, as far as zombie stuff, I like Dead Rising. Um, but only because you can create like uh, these cool like um, inventions with your weapons. So you could take like an umbrella and a leaf blower and like make a umbrella blower or something, and it like pops, you know, and, and basically you kill like more zombies with it. Um, 
But th- the zombie genre is like crazy with video games too, because it's like there's just so many video games that just have to deal with zombies just coming out the woodwork, fast zombies, slow zombies, and I'm just like, when are we gonna stop with the zombie thing? But you know, as long as The Walking Dead has got a huge following, that's pretty much gonna play itself out in video games, I think. Mm-hmm. Who was it that mentioned uh, Call of Duty? Was it you going? Uh, oh, yeah, I, I play yes. Call of Duty sometimes. Okay, because um, I actually have a story. Uh, Modern Warfare 2 is under Call of Duty, correct? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, that's the first okay. one I played. Okay, so uh, around 2010, I was living in South Carolina, and um, a friend of mine and his frat brothers, not every other day, would be sitting in the living room playing Modern Warfare 2, and I would just be sitting behind them on the couch just laughing my ass off because the game would just get so intense. Yeah. And it, it would be some of the funniest thing ever. And I would be, this is how sad it was, I would be live tweeting their games. And I think the hashtag I had was uh, Modern Warfare 2 quotes. And dear God, it was some of the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. How many times were they just shot at random by a sniper and just got like really pissed? No, they would be playing against each other. Oh, really? Yes, it would okay, be. Like private two, matches? Yes, it would be either him and one of his other uh, line brothers or band brothers or however, it would either be two, three, or four of them. Of course, you know, he would play by himself, but the most hilarious matches would be with them, like, why you screen watching? Uh, you know, we're going to do all knives, or we do all guns, or however, and just... Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, dear God, it was absolutely hilarious. I think that's probably, for me, because I don't play video games, that's probably the most fun I would probably have to watch other people play video games and just get so into the game, and it's hilarious. Yeah. I, well, I use my Xbox to watch YouTube more than anything else, or Netflix or whatever. Like, I, it's rare I actually turn on a game now. I just go on there and like I'll just watch uh, watch YouTube videos and catch up on Netflix. Or uh, that seems to be the consensus of people with uh, game consoles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Play some Blu-rays on there. You got the you got your Blu-rays and everything. Uh, yeah, so that's 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 what you get. Got to get down with. Um, Quinn, anything else that uh, you get into? Like, do you do like parasailing or anything like on the weekend? <laughs> playing parts, right? Playing parts easy, you know. Yeah, because uh, you know, if, you, if you're down with parasailing, you know, we could we could meet up and parasail together, you know. But uh, that's... No, I just I just told y'all therapists don't make no money. <laughs> well, I didn't say it was going to be like actual parasailing. It was going to get, get some ghetto parasailing or something. I would have got, got a couple of blankets. Some, some Walmart bags. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> tie you some, tie you some, uh, some towels on, like, you know, some hangers that you can melt together, some shit, and try to <laughs> put, them, put them, you know, put a, a, a cable cord from one house to the other and just hope you don't slam it to the walls too hard. This yeah, sounds exactly. terrible. It sounds like some MacGyver shit. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to be on the Anacostia hey, River just be drowning fun. because we decided we was going to do some ghetto parasailing on some uh, on, on some plank boards or something. That's not going. That's not going to fly. <laughs> so let's, let's, I guess we can kibosh that. You know that idea yeah. for him right, right now. Uh, yeah, you got to oh, be creative when you broke. Yeah. Well, the other stuff I do, I mostly I like um, shows. I like political shows because I like the year back at the TV. Um. I, I watch a lot of Vice Land and HGTV. I'm boring as shit. Now that I'm saying it out loud, like, oh, what do you do? I stay home. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? No, but stay home is the best plan for people because there's too much crazy stuff out there, you know. So it's like, well, we might as well just chill, chill in the, in, in the spot, and uh, you know, I could drink. I don't got to drive nowhere. Right. You know, I don't got to put on nothing. Put no you know. Yeah. 
Right. Property, bro- property <laughs> Brothers and Two. Exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, the, the, I mostly be in the crib though. Like we go out sometimes, but um, like we'd like to go out to Gravelly Point and watch the planes and stuff come in sometimes. But the, you know, usually I'm at home. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, so, and it, I think that's probably the best pastime of a lot of our listeners uh, that they'd like to chill out. And hopefully, if you're chilling out listening, you're listening to us on the CSPN. And because say anyway, you can keep our podcast free. How? Of course, by listening to us, but also by shopping with us. You can go to one of our great sponsors. Uh, this show in particular is sponsored by Amazon. How, you might ask, can you help us keep our podcast free? Go visit our website, cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Amazon link and shop, shop, shop for all kinds of cool stuff that gets delivered right to your door. You can even buy, right now, a new book by our friend and uh, podcast co-host Chris Stevens. He's got a his latest uh, novel is out now. It is on Amazon, and you can pick that up. Do it through CSPN.us. Help keep our podcast free. A little bit of the portion of the proceeds go uh, to us, but everything else goes back to Amazon. And you can get uh, free two-day shipping with Amazon Prime. So do that. CSPN.us. Get with Amazon. Do it today. And, of course, uh, getting back to the show, of course, uh, this is Classic here with Amber and with Quinn G. And uh, we're talking about, uh, well, we talked about uh, her practice, about psychotherapy, about Magnolia, a mental (laughs) (laughs) And uh, now we're going to get into, uh, let's get into some stuff that happened this week in entertainment, particularly um, on TV. I know you both, as well as myself, we get into Insecure. I've actually watched all of last season, and then I got into it, you know, with the uh, season premiere this past week, this past Sunday. And as we're recording this, I think this will air probably just before the next episode comes out. And every podcast I know this week is talking about Insecure because so much has ha- happened and went down in that show. Um, I want to get y- your guys' reaction to the season premiere and what went on, went down, and just what happened to this point because this this is one heck of a show. Well, I don't lie. I'm Team Lawrence. I always have been. Um, wow. I, I, I don't. I don't like Issa's character. I don't. I I struggled with the first couple of episodes of the first season because I was like, "This shit boring," and I don't understand. Like, because I don't understand LA life. Period. So yeah. I'm just like, I don't get it. Why is she rapping? Who is these kids? Why is Molly <laughs> weird? You know, like, I didn't get it. And so so finally, like about the third or fourth episode, like I finally started to kind of get it, and I did have to um, rewatch it to yeah. like it more. Now, by the like right around the penultimate episode is when I was like, "Yeah, I can't wait to watch." And then the the finale was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so, oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> yeah. What they call it? The the back shot heard around the world. That was like yeah. the, the name for it. <laughs> hey. I didn't make that up. That's that, that was I, when they had the highlights on ESPN that weekend. They was like a back shot heard around the world. Lawrence, yeah. no, <laughs> that, week. It's absolutely hilarious. Yes, yeah. yes, they showed me from different uh, angles. Yeah, <laughs> I almost became ungay. But <laughs> hello, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I like the first episode. I thought it was hilarious how Molly was with her therapist, and I thought her, in like the scene where her and um, Issa was talking about it when they was walking was interesting too because. I always thought Molly, I was like, Molly needs some fucking therapy. Like, God damn. You know, but when Issa said it to her last season and how she took it, it just was so interesting to me because people think that because you got your shit together, 
like on paper, like she got a nice job with a car and shit like that, that you don't need help. Clearly, you need some help. You can't get yeah. your personal life together. So I liked how they kind of showed how some, you asked me earlier, what you do when, you know, you got to build that trust. That was it. That, that's me, except yeah. I'm way more abrasive than that therapist was. Because I would have told Molly, well, girl, why are you here? All right. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this from a therapist standpoint. Uh, just looking at that therapist's office, and that kind of threw me when I saw it. Like, is that a is that a design you could go with as far as like you know how your office might be designed? Because to me, like, it was kind of imposing, like with the big bookshelf and then the big distance between the two of them sitting and everything. And then it just seemed like it just seemed so rigid and like you know to to me, it didn't seem warm and welcoming at all. I think that that might be a LA kind of thing. That seems like a LA aesthetic. Yeah. Um, just with the big windows and all of that, like um, that that's what that seemed like to me. Now for me, I don't like to sit that far from my clients. And I have been in spaces way smaller than that where I am sitting pretty far, and my yeah. clients will tell me, I don't like how far you're sitting, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, because so, it, is, it feels if you, it makes you feel isolated, like you know, you're like on this right. island and everyone's just like kind of looking at you like, Oh, so what do you know? Right. Yeah. Um, as far as the decor goes, like I always thought like bookshelves with all the books be hilarious because I know ain't nobody read all this shit. But <laughs> I, I wanted to look one and see if I could borrow one. Like, can I borrow one of these? Because obviously you ain't using it. Let me just <laughs> can I take this back? I'll bring it back next yeah. week. Know where I live. No, I, that's that's an interesting story because I got into an issue with um, the partners at my old practice because the art on our walls was too black, and they had clients mm-hmm. that walked in that were white clients, and her clients was like, um, "These pictures make me uncomfortable." And my challenge to my partners were, and I'm talking about my partners in my old practice. Mm-hmm. My, my mm-hmm. challenge to them was, okay, why didn't you explore with your client why a picture of a black woman makes them uncomfortable? I'm that. not taking this picture down. I paid for the picture. You can take it down during your session. Oh, wait, they, ran, they ran back to you with that report? Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they were just like, Quinn, we need to, we need to make the, the decor a little bit more palatable. And I'm yeah. like, mm, I'm good. And there was a huge Buddha picture in the lobby, too. But there were Christian things. Like, it was something for every denomination, basically. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is decor. If this makes your client uncomfortable, you explore that with them. Yeah. And if you have a problem with it, instead of scapegoating your clients, why don't you take the picture that I'm doing your sessions? And your girl will keep putting them back up when you're done, because I pay for them. Yeah, <laughs> But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I liked how her office was decorated. Like, I like the, the personality of, like, the African art and stuff like that. But I didn't like how big, you know, the space was between them. Yeah, and, and to me, that was just first impressions. Because, I mean, so, some parts of it I like. I think I spent too much time just analyzing that part of the show because I was like, that don't seem comfortable. You know, that was my, my first impression. And I, before, I, before I knew it, that scene was over. But I don't know. It just stuck with me. And I think I knew because I was going to be talking to you that I was going to bring it up. So that's probably why it, like, stuck with me, too. And also, I I was a psych major in uh, undergrad. So I kind of... Uh-huh. Yeah, but trust me, <laughs> um, there's a reason why... Was is the operative word there? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I don't work anywhere in that profession whatsoever, so I, I'm not even going to try to assume or to presume that uh, I know what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, so I but I, I understand some, certain aspects, particularly uh, you know with uh, you know therapy and being comfortable uh, in a space. Um, so your team, Lawrence, that surprises me. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I know quite a few ladies that are team Lawrence as far as like, or that, that are not taking sides, so to speak. I feel like, <laughs> and for me, I, I, I was team Lawrence up to a point, 
this per, this season premiere kind of like just showed how he's starting to regress back to the old fuckboy Lawrence you know, that was like ain't about shit. So to me, it was like kind of like I I could rock with you to a point because you you know you pretty much was done wrong and done dirty and you know you, this is your way to kind of come up and you know get yours. But now you're just being an idiot, and I can't mess with this. So like his antics in this episode to me was kind of like well I can't side with you, but. I think the overarching theme of the show for a lot of people is that ain't none of these people like really that damn redeemable. Like that, not to say that they're irredeemable, but there's, there's, there's something the matter with every person on this show, as far as like the insecure kind of fits because there's everyone has dealing with some kind of insecurity that, you know, manifests in the way they act on the show. Um, I forgot the girl's name, but uh, Issa and Molly's friends, the two, 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 the two other women. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Um, Problems. The two of them. Yes. Have you ever been burped? Uh, <laughs> when I when I when I got to that part of the show, and I was like, "Yo, she is out of control." Like, I mean, like, yeah. and it's funny because they got the nerve to talk shit about Molly. And remember, they had new Molly and Molly, and she hooked up last season. Uh, with mm-hmm. some random guy, or whatever, and they was like talking shit about it. it. Was like the season finale, but it's like they they go from that to well, you know, I could I could get I could go in jail, and she, I mean, she was tripping. And then of course the bougie, uh, you know, chick um, that's there as well. And then her man came up with the whole uh, I got you, I brought a wine opener in case you didn't have one, you know, like uh, just being super super bougie again. It's just like the most reasonable person on that show. I hate to say it. Was the uh was the blood? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thug Yellow. <laughs> I love him. He's my yeah. favorite. Yes. It's like, bitch, I got kids too. Turn up. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I just adore him. Um, yeah. He's awesome. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just I just thought the the episode was really good. It kind of like mm-hmm. it's they kind of laid out several storylines that we can follow. Yeah. Um, especially about her work and those microaggressions, child. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, and then those kids uh, with the "We got you, we got y'all." Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, them kids terrible. And um, look, um, it's it's well documented my uh, disdain for Oreo cookies, but habanero Oreos pretty much <laughs> threw it over the top for me. Like, really, <laughs> Oreos need that much help to taste good? You got to put some habanero in the middle now. <laughs> Cookies yeah, is trash. I, I don't so. like Oreos either. I don't like sweets though. So. Yeah, no, I love sweets, but Oreos I can't. I can't qualify as anything delectable. I, I just can't. I cannot. <laughs> Watch it loud. Yeah. Too hard. Like your classic. Why you have such? Thing? Nah, Oreo. I, I refuse to accept that as a cookie when there's so many good cookies out there. I don't need that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we're not doing yeah. this again. <laughs> you, you signed the, the agreement. You're gonna be here for every episode, and you're gonna have to talk me down from that ledge that is I ate Oreos. I don't know why you feel like you know you can't. You, you, you're here, Amber. You're on for the, in for the long haul. Hey, I'm just gonna say I would rather have Oreos than Girl Scout cookies. You need to fight me. No, but, but see, that's a catch-all because there's so many varieties of Girl Scout cookies. I, I, we gotta go through this. Again. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, hey, to each their own. Uh, as they say, uh, you know, if you get some Girl Scout cookies, just send them over my way, and I will gladly do an exchange. We'll do like kind of a hostage uh, exchange. I have the Oreos, and you have the Girl Scout. Oh my God! Same time, same time. I don't know you, and then you know, then we just kind of break and go to our separate. What place. is this money talks? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, so 
Oh my gosh. So yeah. So what 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 do you think is going to happen this this next episode? Because now we the last episode or the last was a uh, backshot her around the world. This episode, and I think someone counted this. Um, and of course, our good friend <laughs> Sarone Russell got on uh, Twitter and did a song, <laughs> a, a ballad uh, about it. Um, Seventeen strokes is the uh, appro- the actual number that was uh, quoted. Uh, what what do you think is going to be the aftermath of that, as far as uh, you know, Lawrence's uh, final uh, performance, if you will? Oh, child. I'm just thinking about, like, right now, 2 Chainz album in my head. She pregnant, dog in the corner. She pregnant. Like, that's mm-hmm. how I keep thinking, like, oh, my God, he's <laughs> pregnant. Consequences <laughs> and repercussions. Everything does have a, you know, kind of a consequence and a repercussion, you know. But it's, you know what's weird about that whole scene was, I mean, it was kind of fucked up on his part, but I, I felt like she took it. She took it well. Yes, I mean she 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 was down or whatever you were, you know. But he didn't have anything to prove. Like like that's I mean that's kind of it was kind of a fuck you, but it was like well I ain't got I I don't have to press you I don't have to show you anything yeah you know I, I I just he he shouldn't have even like made any kind of move. But it was like okay, so if she talked shit and said well you know this is all you gave me you ain't shit. It's like okay, well I've already moved on. You know it's it, but it's it's kind of callous. You know, I, that's when that's when I checked out. I was like, "Yeah, uh, you kind of fucked up, Lawrence. Damn, that's messed up, man." You know, and and, and I feel I really, really feel bad for Issa through all this. I'm yeah, not picking sides, but yeah, she did, she did. You know, and uh, it's and she went through, she jumped through all the hoops just to get him to come to get his mail and just just to see him again. You know, I'm gonna hold a party while he's picking up his uh, jury duty. Some it's like really. That's, Can that's- we talk about though the dress that she wore? Like I was like, this is a terrible dress. Who picked this? Like, this so yeah, and um, the brother that came out of nowhere, like, terrible. like, wait a minute, you, you, you know, your brother been here this whole time? Because I, right. I, 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 I ain't heard mention of no family, nothing. I mean, it was cool. He, he, he rolled in there, and, and I like the the uh, the slick part where um, all the bloods were in the party and. Uh, I think Issa or Molly was pointing to the brother because he had on blue, and he and he was telling him like, "Get stay the fuck out the way, like don't let him see you." <laughs> I didn't even notice that part. I, I, I saw that because I kept thinking, "What I'm going to see him, and it's going to be on." Like, yo, what you got on that blue for or something? Like, but they was pointing at him, like, like <laughs> stay in the kitchen, don't come out here. And then when the fire happened, because I thought I, I kept thinking this is all going to turn bad, so, like something's going to pop off, some violence or something. When the fire happened, it was kind of like, well, this is what happened, but it was partially relief, like, okay. No one got shot, so good. You know, at, at least the party's over now because I was like, this scene can only get worse. Uh, yeah. And under and underage ass kids, you know, with with that week, it was just, it was like the worst party ever. I mean, I ain't gonna lie, maybe I'm trifling, but it looked like a lit kickback to me. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't your house, baby, you know, I'm sure she was just like. Yeah, if he was at somebody else's crib, it's like hell yeah, shit, I'm getting down. What's up? This is dope. But you know, I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't ask for all this, and you know, yeah. considering the purpose, yeah, th- this is why you can't be out here trying to manipulate and and machinate, you know, for for relationship because you're gonna end up with a party you didn't ask for. So, so yeah. there you go. More you know, I put morals in this in the story. Here. That's what I did. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> what so, I I definitely think is oh sorry. No, no, I was going to ask you what you thought, so good timing. Good timing. I was going to ask you what you thought. Oh. <laughs> um, definitely excited about seeing this premiere. I've been a fan of Issa Rae and Aqua Black Girl 
since the YouTube series years and years and years ago. So this was definitely an added. Um, just seeing a lot of relatable, relatable characters, you know, especially being an awkward black girl myself. You know, it was one of the first times I actually saw myself represented, you know, in some in some sort of, of form. You know, and I actually met her when she was doing her book tour in D.C. Mm. And she was, you know, so relatable to me. You know, she's awkward. She's black. She's a girl. And she also goes by, you know, her first and middle name, as I do sometimes. So that was another, you know, shocker that I didn't even know about. Um, as far as the show goes, um, the the writing is absolutely fantastic the music the setting whoever is doing the camera work for some of these scenes is an absolute genius you know yeah. some of the some of the cutaways some of the meshing into you know one scene versus the other you know it definitely keeps you on your toes so i i was very excited um i'm as far as team Issa or team lawrence i don't <laughs> really know Honestly, if we if we can refer back to last season, I'm team Jared because Molly fucked that yeah. all. Up. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. She did. And you know what? Uh, I'm hoping Molly can turn the corner and turn things around too because she seems like with you know going to therapy and actually, well, and she's dealing with like problems at work, which is another aspect you know aside that you know you kind of I can kind of relate to when I watch this is like you know dealing with you know the mm-hmm. the predominantly white coworkers and, you know, and someone getting paid more, et cetera, and, 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 and not, you're not being recognized on that. And that's, that's added pressure that, you know, I think it's going to just play itself out even further in the season. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful for her development as well as character. I, it's kind of like this show started off and they showed us these characters and everything. And it's like, there's nowhere to go with up, but up because everyone's coming from a place of like, well, I could be better. I could do better. Um, but you know, just kind of what that path is going to be. Uh, it, you know, th- they've got our attention and our curiosity now. So, uh, you know, I think I'm going to be, I think a lot of us are going to be just kind of watching this week by week. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and one thing about the writing too with Issa is she really does tap into, you know, kind of what we go through, uh, whether it's a uh, black folk or black folk that, you know, in this generation or, or how people, you know, interact, whether it's on Twitter or in life, you know, the only thing I didn't like was the whole, uh, she forced that zaddy in there thing. And I was like, really? Lawrence ain't got yeah. a gray on his ass, but he's, he's a zaddy. I got more gray on my face when I don't shave, you know, but ain't nobody called me that. I, I need to call for that. Stuff. All right. Yeah, so take yeah, that up with the muses. <laughs> Yes, I know. <laughs> I don't think I want to be called that either. You know, like it, it just didn't. It, you know, it, it never caught on with me. So I'm like, oh, is that I'll do some more sit ups. I don't know. We'll see. Hey everyone, this is your man Jeremy from the Crown and Collars podcast. Just reminding you that you are listening to a CSPN Media presentation and to check out Crown and Collars every Wednesday, so we can tell you what your aunt does when you're not around. The Baker Bone and Rome Bad Advice Show each week here on the CSPN. Check out this latest bad advice of the week about fitness and nutrition. She ain't shaped like this girl I saw on Instagram. That bitch ain't shaped like that either. That's a waist trainer, fake booty, fake titties, fake lips, fake eyes. Nobody has ever seen an Instagram model running full speed. They would shake them out like a ragged ass car. You know what an Instagram model's workout is like? Uh, she eats ice cream, then she takes a break from lunch, she don't eat shit, and then she just lays there and takes a picture of herself laying in her bed. That's yeah. the workout for the day, nigga. That's it. <laughs> I ain't drank no water in six weeks. 
this is, this is my bad advice for today. Uh, 30, 32% of all Instagram models have scurvy from lack of vitamin C. The only, the only reason why some of them got some vitamin C because they drinking mimosas on Sunday. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Cause that's only, that's the only juice they get the whole week. This mimosa gonna hold me over for the month. <laughs> She like, I can't have sex too long, I got irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> What's wrong with your guts? <laughs> I only eat mozzarella sticks. <laughs> a whole it's diet is... It's VIP club food. <laughs> she She's chicken wings. <laughs> Bar appetizers. <laughs> Get your fix of bad advice with the Baker Bone and Rome Bad Advice Show. New episodes each Wednesday. Visit us online at cspn.us to listen to the show or find out how to subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or Podomatic. The Baker Bone Rome Bad Advice Show. Uh, Amber, I, I think this is something that you wanted to uh, bring up. And, of course, uh, you know, Quinn, uh, with you here, if, uh, you know, you know, you might have some thoughts about it. But uh, And we talked touched on this earlier, but, uh, you know, kind of dealing with uh, – someone that you feel is strong or that like, you know, feel has it together. And then kind of that shock of, well, they pass or the, or, you know, or they deal, they deal with some uh, issues, uh, you know, with their mental health and, you know, it ends up, you know, with suicide or with, uh, you know, unexpected death, but, uh, you know, Chester Bennington of Lincoln park, uh, you know, he, he passed away recently, uh, very influential, you know, musician, uh, you know, huge fan following, uh, well respected by his peers, and it's just been an outpouring of you know grief and support, and uh, you know, just you know, uh, it's been a lot that's happened since then. But a lot of discussion as well, particularly about the circumstances, you know, which he uh, in which he passed, and just how people are coping with that. Um, Amber, actually, we'll turn it over to you as far as if you wanted to express anything about that at this point. Uh, yeah, I'll absolutely do that. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to say rest in peace to Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park. Um, my heart goes out to his family, his bandmates, and to every single fan across the globe. Um, I was a definite Lincoln Park fan myself from the first time that I heard and saw the video for uh, One Step Closer. And I want to say it was either on MTV or MTV2. Uh, Lincoln Park was one of those very, very recognizable bands from the very beginning as far as when they hit uh, hit mainstream. I'm actually not sure off the top of my head if they had anything before the Hybrid Theory uh, album. So, you know, looking at uh, just strictly social media, just Twitter, um, I remember the day that it happened, I was, you know, was on my phone, just kind of chilling at home. I went up, you know, I got up to, you know, handle something for maybe about uh, 20 minutes, a half hour or so. And I came back to my phone and the news was everywhere. I was, I, I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned. And it was even more stunning because I had just met some of the guys of Lincoln Park in May. Um, I was working in in New York. I had gotten on the subway, went down to West 45th, excuse me, and had come back. And I was about to jump on another train to go to my station and go home. And something said, no, just stay on this train. And so I get off on that train. I get on the shuttle to go back to Grand Central, which uh, was ironically where I worked. 
And I get off the shuttle and I see this crowd of people. And I'm thinking, you know, the crowd of people, the police is there. Maybe they're just waiting for us to get off before they let anybody else on. But when I was walking up, nobody in that crowd was moving. So I'm staring, I'm looking, you know, don't really know what's going on. So I talked to one of the uh, one of NYPD. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's like, it's a band here. It's uh, Lincoln Park. I said, Lincoln Park, who? Oh, it took me from, <laughs> it takes me, or it took me rather, an hour and a half roughly to get from Grand Central over to the side of Jersey where I live. And it was already maybe about five, six o'clock. And I'm like, well, I ain't going nowhere today. So they did an impromptu concert. You know, all the guys, I recorded some of it on my live feed on Facebook. And I recorded the rest because I wasn't working with very much battery. Anyway, neither here nor there. So they finished the performance. You know, they're taking pictures, shaking people's hands, doing all this, all that. And they go up the platform, up the steps into Grand Central. When I tell you I booked it, shuttle all the way over to uh, where the stairs were leading upstairs to go in the Grand Central. And, you know, I'm walking. I was like, okay, if they went up the stairs, they obviously have to come inside the terminal, inside the station. And, you know, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. I'm like, okay, I see a crowd of people. Maybe they're coming to was Mike Shinoda, the, uh, the other front man. And he just has the biggest smile on his face. And right after him comes Chester. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to cry. And then I met um, Brad. I want to say he is one of the guitarists. Yes, he is. And I'm, I'm talking about tears welling. You know, I got a video of me and Chester and Brad. You know, I got to talk to him for a couple seconds. And elated, just absolutely elated. You know, I'm posting pictures like, you know, guess who I met? And everybody's freaking out. Um, so anyway, that was one of the greatest days, you know, I, I will always remember that day for the rest of my life. So to come back to my phone and to see the news, you know, to see he died, you know, from, from suicide, I was just like, like, what, what is, what is happening right now? Like, I felt, I felt my body go numb, honestly. I, I just laid on my bed after a while it hit me and I just, I lost it. I, I cried so hard. Um, I I deal with depression. I've been um, dealing with major depressive disorder since maybe about 2014. And it's something I've battled um, since I can even remember, you know, from childhood, you know, dealing with trauma from my childhood, you know, up until now, things that I really haven't even dealt with. So, you know, to know that he went through, you know, was going through depression up until point, and it was it was crazy to me because he was one of those people. Linkin Park was one of those bands through my depression. And it, I may, you know, kind of get overwhelmed here. So, you know, forgive me if I do. That's all right. But um, in the very, very beginning, Linkin Park has definitely been, you know, a part of my life. I'm a musician. So, you know, they're one of those one of those bands, one of those people that, you know, people can relate with. You know, I saw... I saw tweets, you know, of people saying, you know, that was kind of their introduction to, you know, rock or metal or alternative, however you want to classify it. You know, that was their introduction to them into that that respective genre. Um, especially for people who are big Jay Z fans, when they did Collision Course, mm-hmm. you know, that was a staple in a lot of people's uh, music library, whether you liked it or not. You know, I know that people had mixed feelings about it. 
Um, and it hurt even more to know that it was, uh, he passed on what would have been Chris Cornell's 53rd birthday, who died of suicide himself. And they were very close. Hmm. Um, I saw somebody on Facebook say, like, that was the ultimate uh, Chris Cornell tribute. And I was just like, nope, can't do it. Not today. I, I absolutely cannot do this today. So I, I'm heartbroken. You know, um, it's, it's going to take me a while because I've, I've been able to listen. Yesterday, I was listening to some, some music from Lincoln Park up until, um, you know, a little while I was listening to them. It's going to take me a while to re- uh, revisit Hybrid Theory. I'm, I'm just going to say that right now. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to have to be where I'm, I'm in a place to kind of revisit that. Because right now, if I hear anything from that album, I, I'm going to absolutely lose it. Now, and and thank you for sharing, you know, your your thoughts and feelings about this. Uh, that's something when we talked about the before the show that I wanted to make sure that you know our listeners, audience, got a chance to you know sort of hear what you're going through. Um, and you know, so I appreciate that, and I'm sure our listeners do too. Um, and Quinn, feel free to chime in here, but I'm wondering too if there's like a difference between how we process, say the death of someone that, you know, is a celebrity versus someone that's close to us, like a friend or family member. I mean, it's obvious that it's different in terms of the impact, but just kind of like, you know, how, how people tend to, you know, kind of like for me, something similar was like Robin Williams, you know, when he passed and, you know, it, it was kind of, and, and he took his own life. And it was like, you kind of saw him as like Patch Adams or he was a uh, Popeye or, you know, he's always like this, character you know that made people laugh and you know then then it was like kind of like well oh i didn't know it was like that and you kind of get still can't talk about robin williams yeah and 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 i don't know it's like it's 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 difficult to cope with but yeah at the same time it's like you you it it kind of you you realize that as much as you know celebrities are real people and you kind of try not to put them up on that pedestal you're reminded that people go through so much no matter kind of where you are or how, 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 where you are in life. And it's, it's, I mean, is it, does it seem dangerous just to assume that someone has it all together or has it that they, they, that they're all right because they got money or because they, they're famous or is, is that, I don't know. Is it, I, I just wonder if that's like a thing. Um, so to your first part, as far as mourning a celebrity loss, I don't see why it would be any different from mourning a interpersonal loss because often celebrities, their work, their artistry is with us daily and we use it to get us through some of the most profound moments in our life, whether it's happy moments or sad moments. Mm -hmm. So of course you feel a connection to them because of their art in some kind of way. And when that's gone, of course you're going to feel a sense of loss. Yeah, it may not be as you know powerful as you know losing a parent or something, but it's still a loss, you know. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's okay to grieve. I hate people that say you know like you didn't even know them, so shut up, you know. Like, <laughs> like I'm gonna laugh at your funeral if you tell me that shit. I'm sorry if you're gonna be that yeah. person. Yeah. But um, as far as um, the money, so one of my followers said something really cool. Um, Vicky um, said. You know, like uh, people, wealthy people dying or committing suicide, um, like kind of makes her sadder because it's it's like you know, as as poor people, 
we often think that money will change our lives. It will make it better. And here these people are with money and they're in so much pain still. And that's kind of daunting to know that, okay, no matter what, my mental illness will follow me no matter what tax bracket I'm in. And I can get how that feeling can be, because I've never never framed it like that. And so I can get how that can be absolutely overwhelming uh, and and just difficult to process for anyone. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, money definitely solves some problems, but it, it doesn't solve all of them. Um, I think it's dependent on the situation because if your depression is related to your socioeconomic status, then of course money will make you feel better. That's a situational depression. But if you're depressed because you're grieving or, you know, you have clinical depression, like no matter what changes, you're going to be at your baseline, you know, so it doesn't really matter. You can have things that you could probably afford more self-care, but it doesn't take away your depression. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into the self-care debate or what's going on recently with that, but uh, um, I, I'm just going to say that self-care is important. And that's, I mean, I think that's kind of, I think that's universally understood and accepted, you know, that you need to, take time for you or, you know, you, everyone should try to find a way to take time for themselves. I'm not, you know, I, I you know, I've, I've seen people go back and forth about whether it's self-care and self-care is this, self-care is that. Um, and you guys can feel free to get into that, but, um, you know, that's, yeah, I, it's just important. I, and I, I won't even yeah. touch that. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why people, you know, people will debate about, you know, if a paper bag is brown and, uh, <laughs> and, and spend all day on that. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's just a way to uh, denigrate other people. Self-care is anything that you can do for yourself that yes. alleviates anxiety, stress, mm-hmm. or can make you happy. Yeah. And that can include basic functions. So mm-hmm. um, ADLs, which are called, well, they're called ADLs, but activities of daily living. So things like showering, making yourself something to eat, that is a lot for somebody who's depressed. Mm-hmm. And that is self-care. Yeah. You, that's not spending money. That's just regular grooming habits. That's a lot for some people. Eating is a lot for some people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, folks um, are stupid. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got no. I don't have a nice way of saying that people are stupid. Hey, that that is a mental health professional telling y'all. <laughs> I've been saying what we've always said for a long time. People are stupid, and we just got to do our best with them. God bless y'all. Um, I I actually do have a question Um, so I know people tend to kind of make this uh, this joke and they kind of turn you know turn into lighthearted things like oh you like such and such and such you know name three of their albums and things like that especially (laughs) like after a person dies you know um, one of the guys and I cannot remember his name off the top of my head it's really not important because fuck him um, one of the guys from uh, another new metal, uh, new metal, excuse me, band, uh, Corn, came out and spoke, you know, spoke out against uh, Chess's decision to take his own life. Uh, take his own life it was like, you know, he's selfish. You know, you got kids. You know, you got a family. This, 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 and people tend to be real head ass about the topic of suicide, especially, you know, and I think especially when it comes to, um people of color, especially black people, you know, there is this huge 
thing. I don't even know what to call it. It's just this huge thing about mental health in the black community and, you know, kind of making lighthearted fun out of it uh, when it comes to, you know, trauma and, you know, like from childhood to stresses at work and school and your daily life. And people tend to make light of it. You know, people tend to make fun of it, I guess is, you know, as a, as a coping mechanism, you know, I can even say, you know, that's true for myself. How do you, I would say like, how do you feel when you hear, when you hear things like that? How do you process it? If you do, what would you say to people that say these types of things? Um, Just kind of talk about that a little bit, if you could. Um, so I just, I, I think that often people classify suicide as selfish because they're so um, engrossed in their own grief that they're actually the one being selfish. They're not even thinking of the person who was in pain who committed suicide. Um, and that's a normal grief reaction, right? That, to be completely introspective and self-centered centered around that. And that's fine. But when you consistently say things, like if you say something like that in your moment of grief, have it, let it out, you know? But if you consistently say things to remove yourself from people who consider or contemplate suicide by saying stuff like, you know, that's selfish, that's for weak people, things like that, then I, I, that's gross to me. I can't stand that. Mm-hmm. And there's way too much information on the internet <laughs> to, you know, to, to, for you to be, uh, let's go back to it, this stupid. Um, and on top of that, I think that some of it is education about what depression looks like because it looks very different in cult, across cultures. And so uh, black women tend to suffer in silence and we use the strong black woman archetype in order to mask our depression and codependency. Mm-hmm. And with black men, um, it looks a different way as well, even from black women, which will look different from a white man's or a white woman's. And so it's about learning what depression looks like within your community and knowing your own individual symptoms and what people, people who you close with, if you know that they're starting to isolate and seclude and that's not part of their regular behaviors, they might be depressed. Mm-hmm. And being able to communicate and talk to them about that. And to be honest, like, that's kind of a hard conversation to have mm-hmm. with somebody like, I love you. I care about your life. Why are you thinking about ending it? You know? And it's equally as difficult for somebody, especially if you're talking to a parent or somebody that gave you life that you don't want to continue with yours. So it's important for us to have empathy for people with mental illness who have severe depression because that that is that's a oppressing, overwhelming feeling nearly every day for some people. Mm-hmm. that I want to die and that that's not anything to make light of or to make jokes about like that that's that's gross to me and because quite often depression is not something that you know you can see so to speak and some people folks don't mm-hmm. understand it, so they'll think it's selfish I, I think it's very selfless actually to know that you're in so much pain that you don't want to cause any pain to other people around you yeah, I, you know, I must definitely understand that. It's just, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I get how some people can say something. Like, again, when you and moms of grief, things come out, and it's okay. But once you start to shift and you continue this thinking, this is not, that's not healthy thinking. And when you say things like that, it isolates people in your life who might be suffering in silence. I'll right. just add to that. Um, 
there's that old saying, put yourself in someone else's shoes. Um, to come out with those comments like that, like that guy that 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 guy did, it seemed like all he did was try to put, you know, put Chester in his shoes and like think like, well, if he was me, I would do this because think of the kids and you almost and asked you, bro. Yeah, the, well, there's that, and then there's the fact that you know you lacking that empathy of realizing that he was going through something and what you would consider rational thought. And I know I've I've dealt with this with people too, where they go, well, that's just not that's just not sensible. That's not that doesn't make any sense, or it's not rational thinking. Like a lot of that goes out the window when you are suffering. You know, whether it's uh, you know through through any kind of imbalance, uh, if it's you know chemical or just a uh, you know emotional or you know or depression. I mean, stuff just doesn't fit in the right spaces anymore. Uh, or, or, or things just don't, you know, th- th- it, it, it's overwhelming. Like uh, we talked about self-care, certain basic functions, you might neglect them because sleep, why, the, why go to sleep or why eat? You know, it's like, it, th- so things change. The game changes a lot when you are going through this. And so thinking your kid sounds good when, you know, you're on the outside just looking at the situation, but I mean, ch- chances are he's gone through the, that, the, all those paces and, you know, and came to this conclusion, however he did, and it's tragic, but it's really more so trying to. You, you, everyone is, you know, most everyone, by and large, is just sad that it happened, and not, you know, pointing blame or pointing fingers or something, and you know, and just, uh, you know, really just feeling for. I mean, hell, I, I feel for his kids. Obviously, everyone does because they're going through that same loss too. But use the kids as an excuse for well. Uh, you know, I would do it differently because the kids or something. It's it's kind of callous and gross, and it is kind of disgusting. You know, so I, I mean, I just wanted to put that out there because I see that a lot when people are going through things. I've had people tell me that too, like, "Well, this is not rational." Like, you know, fuck rational. You know, I, at this point, I'm just trying to get through the next day. And I think uh, the people that understood that and stood by with that, you know, you remember that more so than. You know the people that just want to get on their high horse and get on my my pious. It kind of sucks when you see that. Yeah, and I so I kind of I want to say something to you know to kind of piggyback off of that. Um, people who think that folks that commit suicide are selfish, um, you know, because they're not thinking about other people and things like that. Yeah. I guarantee you that is the stupidest shit that you can probably ever say out of your mouth. You know, that's that's the dumbest thing that can come out of your mouth other than the fact that you are breathing the same air as me, which is unacceptable in its own right, but we're not going to talk about that right now. What we are going to talk about, uh, what I'm going to talk about is the fact that you think about these things every single day. Mm-hmm. Every single day you are putting other people before you, you know, and people, they kind of take that for granted. You know, I, I've definitely been on I've been on both sides of the coin, so I can, you know, I have a little bit of credibility to speak about that. You know, um people are just absolutely fucking stupid and they're they're absolutely callous and they're gross and they're disgusting and you don't deserve to breathe the same air as me. And that's that's you know, the long and short of what I have to say about it. If you would kindly shut the fuck up and let people feel how they feel regardless of whether you think it's rational or not, nobody asked you. 
Mm-hmm. Nobody is thinking about any of your opinions at all because we already know the dumb shit that's going to come out of your mouth, whether you, you know, whether you were asked or not. You just feel like you got to put your two cents in when we're not even thinking about you at all. Matter of fact, you're probably one of the last people that we think about in this type of thing because we already know you're about to be on some fuck shit when we come to you with this anyway. So it's like, why even talk to you? Well, that's that's why qualified counsels like Quinn are so important because they can exactly. actually get to the root of certain issues with the uh, with people and they actually you know you you actually listen to people rather than you know and, and then kind of come up with some kind of approach uh rather than just talk at people so uh i mean that's 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 why you get paid for it and we just uh you know <laughs> <laughs> this is why we pay you this is why we we chat on podcasts instead so um <laughs> so jumping off of that and of course, if you, you any of you listening have thoughts, of course, continue to share them on uh, hashtag Classic Team Up, and uh, go to CSPN.us, write some comments on the show uh, underneath it on our uh, site. We would love to see that, as well as of course your typical reviews. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, on Google Play. So many places you can listen to the show. And uh, if you find another place to listen to a show on a podcast app, share that with us. Shout out to uh, Barry and Podcast in Color, who is always finding new podcast apps and telling us how we podcasters can connect with you listeners even better each time. So shout out to you, Barry. And uh, also shout out to our game show, which is coming back. Uh, I'm glad to have two people on the show here. And so we're going to play a little game and kind of end on a lighthearted note. Now, I did put a theme on this uh, game show. This is called Name That Flick. Flick as in movie or porn? movie? Yes, a movie. Right, like, movie. questions that need answers. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> name name that flick. Other flick you might be thinking of is another show for another time. Um, and I'll probably yeah, <laughs> that's classic after dark, which is uh, I think that starts about twelve oh one. Anyway, but new podcast coming soon. Yes, new podcast. <laughs> new episode, special, un- unedited, uncut. Yeah, classic uncut. That's what I should call it. Yeah. They, see, now you got to put like the the Barry White grunt under that. As soon as you see. It. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, so, no, no, not yours. His. Okay, not okay. So I'm not I'm not Zaddy yet, obviously. So I can't do the Jesus Barry White grunt. Christ, classic. <laughs> <laughs> the Zaddy thing is just uh, okay. Let me stop. All right. So, but wait, that, hold on. Before we get into that, can we talk about how Tasha's body goes, though? Okay, go ahead. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with you there. Better not. All right. So, name that flick. It's time. It's time. It's time. Time for the Hey, can you make the picks? Can you do it quick? It's time to name that flick. It's time to play. Brand new game on the classic team. Make the picks and you can guess and try to do it fast and do it quick. Don't you be a dick. Don't be a dick. Try and make those picks. Make them goddamn It's time to name that flick. I wish you would stop playing around. I give you the actors of the movie except the clues. Not names of the actors, just the characters they play in other movies that you guess. It's a habit of mine when I watch a movie and describe it to people like, yeah, who was in that movie? 
I don't use the names of the actors in the movies. I always use their character names from other movies. And so that's the premise of this game show. Uh, you will be pitted against one another. Amber, you've never played before. And Quinn, of course, you're a first-time guest, so this will be your first time playing as well. And uh, each of you will have a chance to guess at the movie. I will give out clues to the movie based on character names from other movies. Based on those, the, the collective collection of actors, you'll name that flick or try to. Okay. So, and uh, this will, of course, be a test of how many movies you watch or whatever, but we'll see what we can do with that. Um, so uh, we'll put some uh, minutes, seconds on the clock on the board. Quinn, are you ready? I am ready. No Google. Okay. I can't Google right. No Google. I, um, if you Google, just don't let me hear it. If I hear a bunch of keys tapping, then, you know, I'll use <laughs> Be slick about your. Be slick about your. Uh, your, your sly. Let's just. Let's just uh, leave it at that. Some. Some people I've noticed they did Google, and I was like, yeah, there's. A, you definitely Google that, but you know, <laughs> phone a friend. Uh, you know, you you got you got your your wife and your you got your brothers in the next room there. So feel free to yell out for some uh, for some help. Um. All right, and Amber, you're ready, right? Yes. Okay, we're ready. Let's go. All right. So the first flick. The clues are Lydia Dietz, Evelyn Salt, aka Laura Croft, Ty Frazier, Peggy Olsen, and The Joker. Name that flick. All these people in this one movie? Yeah. Uh... Wait, you said Laura Croft. Is that Tomb Raider? Yeah. So the actress that played Tomb Raider is in this movie. Oh. Motherfucker. Okay. What is Heath Ledger and one of Now, there's more than one oh. Joker. Oh. Damn I'll it. go through the clues again. And Gia? Uh, well, sorry, what was the, what was the uh, guess you had? Gia? Is it Gia? No, it is not Gia. Um, Boys Don't Cry. Nope, it is not Boys Don't Cry. Oh. Amber, you got any guesses? You want to steal this one? Oh, shit. Yeah. Clues again, because uh, somebody's okay. got to get this point. Lydia Dietz. Laura Croft from Beetlejuice. Ty Frazier from Clueless. I am telling you, the movie is her and Winona Ryder. They crazy as hell. They in an asylum. I know this movie. It's, it's the title really ain't Boys Don't Cry. Um, it's not Boys Don't Cry. No, that's Hillary Swank. Yes. Oh, uh, but but you, I know the movie. Lady Olsen and the Joker from Suicide Squad. Jared Leto. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh shit. Um. um is it that? It's not that uh, that Dallas movie, is it? Nope. No. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Give it to me. I know. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. All right. Okay. Girl interrupted from 1999. Girl interrupted. Well, I that was right there. I knew it. So I knew you said she was close, and I was like, she's right there. I knew I everybody. Cute. I was like, Winona Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I knew. Our, our listeners on the show are like, oh, come on. You know, so uh, I'm sure somebody's <laughs> jumping up and down. Hey, you might get on the show one day, listener. Uh, just uh, keep uh, keep playing with us at, uh, with the home game. Play the home <laughs> game. Don't play with yourself. Do that afterwards. So next, I mean, some people can multitask. All right, I'm sorry. I don't think I want people listening to my voice and play. Well, anyway, um, so the next movie, the clues are Romeo, the Hulk, Gandhi. And Freddy Krueger. What kind of Frankenstein shit is this? These Which are all Hulk? the latest Hulk. And Gandhi was also uh, uh, the Mandarin. 
and the latest. Oh yeah, movie. Quinn, you got this. What was the first clue? Romeo. Which Romeo? <laughs> the, the one that was a Titanic. Okay. <laughs> Leo, <laughs> just give it away. Uh, Leo, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, who the fuck was in? Who who is Gandhi? I don't see that one. I'm lost here. I'm, I'm at a complete loss in this. Yeah, I give up. Why? Oh, okay. Um, oh. Shutter Island from 2010. Oh, Never I don't watch scary movies at all. Yeah, yeah, nah. I, no. no. I'm, yeah, I'm with Quinn on that one. I could not do scary movies. No. Okay, so that was best of three because uh, I made these too hard. I, I think I did. All right. That <laughs> <laughs> is all right. Uh, one, best two out of three uh, for these next three, and I think these will be a little easier, hopeful. Alright, so this next movie stars Happy Gilmore, The Joker, Aunt May, and Tallahassee. Which Aunt May? Latest Aunt May. Okay. And which the, Joker? the first Joker? Yeah. Happy Gilmore, okay, that's Adam Sandler. Uh, Jack Nicholson, uh, Anger Management uh, from 2003. Point goes to Amber. Yeah, Adam I did. Said. I want to get that one. Marissa <laughs> Tomei, Aunt May, Happy Gilmore, of course, Adam Sandler, and Tallahassee. Uh, I didn't want to use Billy Hoyle because I always use him for Woody Harrelson, but Tallahassee from Zombieland. He was in yeah, because I because I got okay. You said Happy Gilmore. I'm like okay, that's Adam Sandler. She said yes. Jack Nicholson. I'm like they were on. They were the stars in the movie. They were on. If look at if you look at the uh, the poster. Yes, they're yes. you know they're like opposing faces screaming at each other. Yeah. So if you guys are noticing, there's a theme with these movies. Uh, I, I kind of whites. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to give her a point for that. I'm sorry. It, no, you get a you get a uh, you get a sympathy point for that. But Quinn, th- this is also because you're our guest. I did go for movies that had to deal with uh, either mental health, psychotherapy, or of course I had to go into psychology and psychiatry. So that's what the theme is for these movies. Oh, okay. I get See, it. so now now you know the theme. It might make it easier for these last two. You could probably steal the victory, but Amber is uh she's got the momentum uh, with one point. So well, you know, three one lead for the good blow. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's Rude. gonna get blown on the team up. Let's go. Uh, that was I'm terrible. sorry, bud. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. That was awful. Oh, so gosh. this has been up. classic team up. We'd like to thank everybody for listening. Hey, we're not done yet. Wait, what are you talking about? Don't roll the credits. No, we we are not done, but you are done. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give you the last two uh, clues, though. You can't. It's gonna nah, win the Google, game show. Nah, nah, Google Docs some shits. Go ahead. Oh, you you got to go. Right, let's go. All right. So next one. <laughs> next set of clues. Miranda Priestley, Sarah Palin, Dr. Chase Meridian, and Wreck It Ralph are all in this movie. Name that flick. Okay, so it's Meryl Streep. What was the second actress? Uh, Sarah Palin. She played Sarah Palin. Doing and more. Um, who does play Wreck It Ralph? That I don't know. What's another clue for Wreck It Ralph? Dewey Cox. Oh, with the hair. Um, John, that's that mom. John something. What was no, that's. What was Meryl Streep in there with somebody? Every fucking thing. Facts. Was it doubt? No. Not doubt. I have no idea. I don't watch any John C. Riley movies. 
See, I know the actors. I can't put together the movie. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope I hope y'all at least uh, you know uh, try to you know get some help uh, from your friends, uh, whether they're online or offline. No, my girlfriend not them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't ask Siri because that's just the voice is gonna come up and be like Siri is gonna spoil that cheat. So. <laughs> Meryl Streep and Julianne Moore. <laughs> Boy, it is Google. The hours? That's it from 2002. Amber, you could have had to steal that one. Yeah, no, I won't get that one. I won't do it. You try. Alright, now it's Todd. Alright, uh, this next movie, I'm going to give you the year to even hook it up even more. This next movie, the year is 1992. I don't know how old y'all were back then, but I remember this movie. Four. Uh, yeah, it was Lord. five. Oh, my Lord. Jeez. This made me feel old. All right. So, this next movie, the clues are Vicki Vale, Billy Flynn from Chicago, Beatrix Kiddo, and Bishop James Greenleaf from 1992. Name that Flynn. Nope. Nope. Wait a minute. I know analysis. From 1992, and the win. Win comes through with the, in the clutch. <laughs> Ooh, I ain't never heard. You should have got Silence of the Lamb. That's my favorite movie. Wait, what, what was the movie? Final analysis, analysis from 1992. And I remember this movie distinctly because that was the movie at the after party uh, from when I took uh, someone to senior prom and we watched Final Analysis and I got to second and a half base. I don't know. But anyway, that's beside the point. You win, Quinn. <laughs> hey. Hey. You were in a tent. You made your best hits. For name that left. You really gave it a try. Give thanks for playing thanks a lot for on the classic team up really brand it. new game that we new just game. trotted out. Yeah. Thank you for playing yeah, play games with name that Better luck next time. Better luck next time. Try to make a rhyme. Maybe you should try to study or something. With this song. You know, that's cool, that's cool. We can't all be winners. Play the game. Online hey, on classic. Twitter, right, use the right, hashtag name Netflix. Classic. It's name Netflix. Hashtag With name sing. Netflix. The damn singing. So, uh, of course, uh, you get bragging rights from winning classic team up, and uh, you also get uh, some fine turtle wax. Uh, you know, if you got a turtle, it'll be nice and shiny tomorrow. So, we will send that to you. And, uh, of course, uh, Amber. Since you work here, you can get the home game, and uh, you get a chance to come back next week and uh, try to win against our next competitor in Classic Team. What's this, family field? Yes, exactly. And for you playing at home, you get the home game, so uh, you know, continue to play. Name that flick, hashtag name that flick, and let us know what you think of the show and of this game show. Um, so, with that being done, uh, we're going to close out the show. We, it's time to land the plane, so to speak. Uh, Quinn, you're our first. You're our guest, so I'll let you go first. And uh, if you have any shout outs or you want people to find you, this is a good chance to plug anything you got and give some shout outs. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I was I, I wanted to do like a whole rapper thing, but I ain't got it. No, um, do that. I can beatbox for you. Yeah, no, no, no I, but I got no cool names for nobody. All my everybody I know named like Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is Sharon? Like, no, 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 no. Why did you uh, get Sharon? Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Well, visit my website, magnoliamhealth.com, to learn more about me. Follow me on Twitter or don't. You know, at this point, it doesn't matter. Uh, a country counselor. Don't friend me on Facebook because I ain't going to add you. Um, uh, Instagram, I think, is the same. I don't use Instagram that much, so uh, I guess my Snapchat name is the same. I don't use that either, really. So. Um, <laughs> Somebody on there is just squatting on your Snapchat, like, you know, posting all kinds of thottish stuff, and you're just like, well, you can have it, you know, as long as uh, the brand I don't is yeah, I don't use uh, none of that stuff except Twitter, really. So, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Um, I am working on a program to um, do free therapy for 20 black women in the D.C. area for one year. So stay tuned for that. Nice. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And if you see me, you know, holler. That's, that's about it. <laughs> We'll definitely do that. Um, and thank you again for coming on. You've been such a great guest. And, uh, yes, this is, thank you so much. Yes, I think for both of us, this has been a thrill you know, to actually you know, get to spend some time with you. And, of course, this won't be the last time. Um, I will be uh, hitting you up uh, in the future for more appearances uh, on Class Team Up and maybe our network. So uh, stay tuned, folks. And, uh, Amber, uh, any last words for our, our uh, audience? Um. Well, again, thank you for uh, welcoming me as the co-host of Classic Team Up. This is going to be really, really awesome. Uh, shout out to my friends and family, you know, all my folks, wherever you may be. And, uh, yeah, take care of your mental health for the mm-hmm. love of whatever God you serve or don't. Yeah. I definitely agree there. Um, and uh, so, so for me, I, I just want to give a couple of shout outs. Uh, I want to shout out, of course, um, you know, our guest Quinn uh, for coming on this week. Uh, and of Yay. course, shout out, shout out your wonderful wife for being patient, sitting through all this and uh, waiting for you to get done so y'all can uh, get back to enjoying each other. Um, y'all are the cutest couple on Twitter, by the way. Y'all tweet each Ever. other. Um, y'all tweet each other. And I'm like, I know y'all in the same room. And like, that's like, I keep telling my wife, don't be texting me and we in the same house because she'll be like, can you bring something upstairs? I'm like, I'm right here. But y'all, you know, enjoy it and, and, and love it. I'm, I'm, I think I'm a little too bitter for that, but I try to, you know, at least let her enjoy that. So, uh, you know, we're jealous of you in there in that regard. And uh, shout out to Amber for uh, coming back uh, and, uh, you know, telling me she's going to ruin the show, which I don't think is possible because that's my job. I've been trying to do that for 55 episodes and your job is to keep me from doing that. So I think we're going to work. <laughs> wonderfully together um i can't be more excited to have a co-host now someone to bounce things off of and uh you know tell me i'm uh i need to stop and chill so um shout out to uh oh gosh marvel uh for getting things right uh continually in the studios and uh shout out to all my uh, followers friends uh shout out to everyone in the cspn uh network continue to check out all of our wonderful shows including the brand new ratchet ramblings podcast here on cspn starring jeremy and candace where they tackle reality tv and of course you can hear jeremy's uh sound like a, a car motor trying to start in the middle of the winter <laughs> dear as god as it's uh, poured with molasses instead of gasoline, uh, you know, you can try to listen to him, but at the same time, you can enjoy the ratchet ramblings that they have on reality TV. I don't know who Mona is, but every time I listen, I enjoy that show. Uh, so I know I, I know if I can enjoy it, then you, listener out there, can enjoy it. Continue to keep our podcast free. Listen to our, all of our shows, including Beer It Is, Know the Score, Razzlecast, you name it. We got it for you. And, of course, keep come back here sometime soon. I would say next week, but I'm going to be in Cancun. Shout out to Cancun. 
going on vacation to a destination wedding, but we will be back soon with another classic team up. But until next time, for myself and for Spider Dog, this is Classic saying, peace out. Bye. Classic Team Boy!